everybody, and welcome to True Stories of Tinseltown. Today, I am here with a lovely Sloane DeForest, who has been on before, and I love doing shows with her. She's so knowledgeable. She's written so many books, and she's just the cat's meow. Hi, Sloane. <laughs> Hi, Grace. I bet you say that to all your guests. No, I don't. <laughs> I can honestly say I don't. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. And um, so today, Sloan and I have both, we have this, we found this bond that we both are in love with Tom Conway. And if you're not familiar, I guess this is how he's always described as George uh, Sanders' brother, <laughs> which I don't get that, but, you know, I love Because George Sanders was the bigger star and he was George Sanders' uh brother so that's uh, that is his legacy but we're setting out to change that today yeah because you know we both love his work and I think he's cute as a button and um there's not a lot known about him but there's some tidbits we got for you and um if you haven't discovered Tom please do we'll tell you about some movies okay so <laughs> you want to start Yes, I would love to start. Uh, so as you mentioned, we both have kind of movie crushes on Tom Conway. Uh, he was George Sanders' elder brother. They were both from England. Well, actually, actually, they were born in Russia to British parents, and then they moved, the family moved back to the UK when the Russian Revolution broke out. So just a quick recap of... Um, I guess uh, George went to, they both started acting in plays in the 20s. Now their family was very distinguished, but didn't have a lot of money. I guess their father's business went under. They were bullied at school. How sad. They were kind of bullied and ridiculed at their private school because they were, they had patches in their clothes and they didn't have money for anything. And they were riding home begging for money. And um, that just broke my heart. And they wrote money. They wrote letters from home begging mother to send money so that they could buy new clothes and shoes. And also, this is really sad, begging for her to visit them sometimes. Holy yeah. heartbreak. That's George as well. Both of them. Both of them. Yeah. So they kind of bonded, I guess, over that. And they both were tall and suave. And they, they decided they would go into acting at some point. And they were acting in plays. And so George went to Hollywood, got a contract, um, sent for Tom, sent for his older brother, Tom, who also came to Hollywood and um, first got a contract at MGM, but they were just using him in just very small bit roles here and there. And they just used his voice actually in Waterloo Bridge. Uh, he was kind of the narrator in the beginning. And um, I was trying to figure anyway. out where he was in Waterloo Bridge. Well, he's not, he's not actually the narrator because that's not right because it's not narrated, but he's the announcer. He kind of announces that, um, that, uh, that England is officially at war. This is during World War I and all of that stuff over the loudspeakers. That's just his voice. So that's where he's, he doesn't even appear in the movie, but that was his first role because he has that fabulous voice like his brother George Sanders, which I can't quite do justice to, but, but, um, either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am no, but you know, they say they sound 
alike, and they sound very much alike. But I, I, I can tell the difference because George yeah. sort of has a deeper, more, you know, like sort of a more cynical kind of, uh, uh, you know. Exactly. George has that, he had that supercilious thing down where he seems very egotistical and talking through the nose. And Tom's is a little bit less, oh, there's a garbage truck outside my window. That's nice. I can't hear it. Okay, good. I'll continue. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, after a, like a year at MGM, he goes to RKO, and that's where he has some starts to have some success more as a B movie actor than anything. But he's a good B movie actor in Val Luton's films. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he takes over George's role. George starts to become famous, and so he had been the Falcon. Uh, the mystery series, the B-movie mystery series at RKO. So, George, so Tom takes over as the Falcon at RKO, and then he his career kind of takes off from there. As George, his elder, his younger brother is um, is a pretty big star, and he never made it quite to that level. But he he he, we both agree that he did some very interesting things. Yeah, you know, I he did ten of those films. And, you know, I never liked those, but he's cute and charming. And they're, you know, they're those kind of like, I don't know, cute and charming little falcon things. But I only saw The Falcon Goes to Hollywood. That's the only one I saw. Mm -hmm. I've seen, I think I've seen most of them, if not all of them, just for Tom. But, yeah, they're very lightweight mysteries and nothing special. No, but, you know, he's cute and it shows he's cute and they you know, I don't get why they say that um, George was more handsome. I think Tom was much more handsome than him. Definitely. George Sanders is not remotely attractive or handsome, in my opinion. Mine either. I mean, you know, you don't sure. watch it and swoon. Oh, George Sanders. I want to, you know, go out with him. Unless you're Zsa, Zsa Gabor and you marry him. But no. Yeah. I, but maybe in person it's different. But I just never, because of the parts he plays and because of sort of the voice he used. Like, see, we stink at doing George Sanders. But you know what I mean? I just never found him attractive. I like him as an actor. Well, also, apparently he was a bit uh, of an egotistical, not very likable person always off screen. I think you can see that in his, I think it worked for him as an actor, like in All About Eve, of oh, course. He's wonderful. he's wonderful in those kind of roles, but I don't think it was too far from reality. He was not, he was, um, he was kind of full of himself, purportedly. And then Tom wasn't, which is another reason I like Tom better. He was known, they called him at RKO, nice George Sanders. Yeah, I'm sure George was a handful. And um, he just seems, you know, every role you see when he's playing that sort of caddy role, it's always pretty much the same, like Dorian Gray or whatever. And, mm -hmm. uh, oh, I just saw him in The Ghost of Mrs. Muir. Just cut out there. He was Uncle yeah. Nettie. I haven't seen it in a few years. And um, Rex Harrison, I can't stand the dude, but he was really good in that movie. I love that movie. Me I, too. That's one of my favorites. I and George is, is the cad of all cads in that one. Terrible. What a beast. What a fiend. <laughs> but that ending. Oh, my God. I love that ending. Okay. okay, back to Tom. Yes. So, um, you know, the first movie 
I'll go first and then you can share your experience discovering Tom. How about that? Groovy. The first movie I, I noticed him in was Cat People as Dr. Lewis Judd. And he plays, uh, for people who've seen the movie, I'm sure they already know, he's a... Um, um it's kind of a slime ball he's not a very <laughs> he's not a very reputable psychiatrist uh he's basically wants to sleep with his patient and he pulls different tricky maneuvers to try to you know deceive her into that now without spoiling the ending i will say he gets his comeuppance in the end <laughs> but which is great but you know what's interesting is in the follow-up in val luton's follow producer val luton's follow-up um the seventh victim, he, even though he's really in no state uh, at the end of Cap, he the screen, return he does in the seventh victim as Dr. Lewis Judd. And this time he's more nuanced and complex and he's a little bit more likable. Much he's not, an, likable. he's not, a, yeah. yeah, he's not entire, he's a little bit sinister and yet he's not a bad person underneath. And that's one of my favorite roles of his. And um, yeah, right. So, so, that is um, what really caught my eye is who is this person who's Dr. Lewis Judd in both of these movies and then uh, ends up, um, you know, he's got he's got this quality that really works well for those. And then I married a zombie. That was that was the third one that really sold me on Tom Conway, another Val Luton that he did kind of back to back these three movies. And he had he, he had pretty juicy roles. And I think he played those kind of haunted, complex characters really well because he's suave and sophisticated on the surface. But there's something there's like the wounded depths, you know, you kind of feel or yeah. you see behind his eyes or something, you know. Especially in I Walked with a Zombie. And I know everybody that that sounds like a really like, oh, my God, a zombie movie, whatever. This no, it's a good. Really good movie. This is an yeah. excellent movie. And it's rated as one of the top horror films. But I don't really see it so much as a horror film. You know, there's there's yucky parts of it. But um, he was wonderful and amazing and um, charming. And, and like you said, that really is. I mean, he, he presents one thing, but inside you can see, you can tell that there's so much more to this guy. Yeah, he has depth and um, uh, it really shows. I mean, he's never going to win any Oscars because he's not that kind of actor where he's just like giving this great emotional performance, but he's good and he's charismatic. And uh, there's something beneath the surface, like I said, that works really well in the Val Luton. But then he could also do these light comedies well, like, um, yeah, and we were talking about Two O'Clock Courage and um, uh, One Touch of Venus. He had a smaller role in. What's the other one? A Night of Adventure that he's so adorable in. Uh, now, these movies are not always easy to see, and a lot of people maybe haven't heard of them, but, you know, anybody remotely intrigued by this man should check out his whole filmography. It's, it's got some bad movies in it, no doubt, but there's some really fun forgotten flicks in there as well. I really loved two o'clock courage. That's with Ian Rutherford. She's like a cab driver actress and he has amnesia and she just gets involved with him. I think she thought he was cute to be honest. I don't know if he was some, older fella with, you know, grizzly burping with a beer. I don't think she was going to go all 
out of my <laughs> mouth and wow, yeah, come on, baby, I don't know who I am. No, that didn't happen, but she was right sticking to him like glue. I loved her landlady with Tom. And um, it was a really good film. And incidentally, Jean Brooks was in it, who was also in, she, she was one of the stars of The Seventh Victim. And she also did, I think, what was that called? The Panther Man or something like that, or The Leopard Man? Oh, the Leopard Man, yeah. She was a Valerie favorite. Yeah. So, but she was in that as well. And, um, but it's really a cute movie. And uh, I never saw the one you said you were telling me about the one, uh, A Night of Adventure. Night of Adventure. I have to check that one out and try to find it. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, It's similar to Two O'Clock Courage, but it's not such a kind of fast paced, wacky comedy. It's more of a mystery, but it's light. But it's it's he's that's one of my favorite Tom roles. You'll know what I mean when you see it. And then you were talking about I haven't seen this movie in a few years, but you were recently watching repeat performance. He was really good in that, too. He played the director. This is like a show busy kind of thing, not like all about Eve, but it's about someone Wish Joan Leslie. Yeah, Joan Leslie turning, getting her wish, just mysteriously getting a wish. And she got the old year back. It's, it's New Year's Eve. And she gets the old year back trying to change what happened that year. And it's really interesting. And she got, um, he was adorable because he's sort of in and, love with oh. her, you know, and all that. And I just think he was really just charming not mean and sweet yes well that's that's kind of what we're talking about that we like about him I think there was um he descended into alcoholism you know as the years went on pretty bad uh and he died young really severe alcoholic and his brother George cut off all all um communication with him sadly and he was kind of I know he had a really sad end and I don't know how severe his drinking problem was when he first came to Hollywood yeah oh yeah he had a really dismal end Um, but but when he first came to Hollywood I wonder you know how bad his drinking was I think I think here's my theory about Tom Conway people okay George, again, sent for his brother, said, oh, come out to Hollywood. And there were I read a book about George Sanders where there were excerpts from letters he had written to Tom saying, if you play the game right, you can get you can make a lot of money here. If you wear the right kind of suit, if you go to the right kind of parties. In other words, George was played the game. He was a game player. And not that he didn't have talent. He did have talent, um, but the game worked for him and he was working the system and he was playing the movie star to the full, you know, uh, full throttle movie star living that life. Well, to some people, that doesn't come as easily. They, you know, playing the game and working the system and, and all of this, I don't think came as easily to Tom. I think he had a little more 
um, maybe sensitivity or depth inside definitely, or it seems phony, you know, yeah. that, that, that lifestyle just, just probably seemed phony and artificial to him. And he had a hard time pulling it off as smoothly as George did. And that's why his performances are so interesting in these films. That's why you see some depth behind him and some sweetness maybe that George didn't have, yeah. but that's and also he why his seem career. Like he could fake it. He didn't seem like it even Yeah, exactly. It. He didn't seem, yeah. Yeah, he didn't seem like someone who could pull off that living, you know, that um, that cliche movie star existence somehow. I think that that bothered him, don't you? Bothered Tom? Yeah, I mean that 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 was something that he couldn't um, reconcile, like um, having to live that kind of. Um, I mean, you have to work, you have to play the game if you're in Hollywood, you, do. you know, it's and some all, people aren't game players. They're not ass kissers. They're not you know? schmoozy woozy. And also, yeah. you know, they consider him the nicer George Sanders, but he's also considered the lesser, you know, actor kind of thing, which I, yeah. I think he was a very good actor and, um, and as cute as a button, he did get married couple times yeah he married what a fashion model Lillian Eggers which is she the one <laughs> when he told her about he's a Hollywood star I know. <laughs> right that was um uh where did I find that oh hang on I'm looking through my notes here it was um Actors are classic. It was in the LA. Uh, yes, the I LA found Times. it in the LA Times. Right when, when, when Lillian divorced him in 1953, she told the Los Angeles Times, "Quote: He insisted that actors are a class apart and that their careers must come before all else. He said an actor should be permitted to live like a bachelor, even if he has a wife." <laughs> when I disagreed, he said I had a, I had middle class ideas and was not sophisticated enough for Hollywood. Oh, brother. Boy, Tom. But you know what? At least he was open about it. You know, it's a stupid thing to say and it's ridiculous. But, you know, how many people do that kind of thing and think that way, but would never tell their wife? So she knew and she, you know, am screwed. Yeah. So I give, right. him, I give him points for that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's bad. Bad boy, Tom. I'm not sophisticated yeah. enough to understand. I'm sorry, oh, doing it. I'm sorry, you guys are gonna get barfy. You're gonna think you're gonna want to barf when I do these. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he Well, did. you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if George fed him that line, frankly. It does sound like George, but I didn't know that he was really a runaround Sue. I don't Yeah, know that. you're right. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe that's not fair. I I I'm I'm blaming George for all of Tom's problems, and that's certainly not fair. Because I think he did try to help Tom for he years, Tom. but Tom was yeah too he yeah he was too far gone into alcoholism to help. Yeah, but you could see in some of his films he wasn't very old, but you know you could see the bags under his eyes, mm -hmm. sort of yeah. progressing later on into that, which you could really see when he did films in the fifties, uh, and yes. he was. Um, but still, he was a good actor. You know, I don't know if he was drunk on the set. He didn't seem to be because he did a good job. Um, but he was a raging alcoholic for years and years and years. That is for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, George did. He said that. 
Yeah, and the thing was, he was also always in George's shadow. You know, that's yeah. sort of the thing. Like, you know, the at least George helped him, whereas with uh, Olivia de Havilland and Joan Fontaine, you know, they were so close in age, and it was like, oh, just total since childhood competition, you know, kind of yeah. that horrible thing. Whereas it didn't work that way for George and Tom. No, it didn't. I think they were quite close. And I think Tom, I think George really wanted to help Tom, but you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit mysterious. We're just guessing because there's not that much information available about no, him. I would... I, it's unbelievable. Yeah. The lack of information I know about this person. I wish somebody would, um, you know, write a biography and dig up some stuff because I don't, um, I've looked in the Academy library. I've looked online and all the newspaper archives and the movie magazines. And, you know, there's just very little, just kind of the standard um, stuff. Yes. He divorces his wife. He gets married to a character actress named Queenie. I don't think I know who she is. I'll have to check out what film she did. And of course they divorced as well. And, um, I think his divorce is probably pretty much, um, he didn't get the home. He had a mansion and he didn't have the mansion anymore and all that other stuff. And he just kind of, you know, he blew his money, as he said later. And um, I'm looking at some of the things. Did you ever see the Alfred Hitchcock presents Max Colletti or what's his name? Uh, Max Colletti. He's really good. He's the voice of the, the, the guy who's supposed to be a magician or no, what you call it, a ventriloquist. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that one. I'm trying to see. Okay, so he did all these things. He was also in Death of a Scoundrel. That was the only movie he performed. He was in with his brother. Mm-hmm. Right. I haven't seen that. Have you? Um, I'm. I did see it. It was okay. So. Is this a, so? This is a modern one. Yeah, I saw that. There's another one where he plays a similar. Oh, Bella Me, the life of Bella Me, or whatever it is. Yeah, he, you know, just a cat, a horrible person, a scoundrel. Yes, he was a scoundrel. He was a scalawag. He was. And then Bride of the Gorilla, I've seen. It's not, not, it's, it's kind of a fun movie, actually. I, like I don't know it. if it was, I do. Yeah. It, I just wish it's a little bit of a sad moment for him. I mean, they just started throwing him in these roles where he's just like some doctor or some sophisticated, you know, scientist who require, who, 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 who needs to sound educated. And they kind of threw him in these parts. And I don't know how he does. Like, you're right. He doesn't ever seem drunk in his movies, but you know, he, he was definitely an alcoholic at that point. So you wonder, you know, he just seems to be going through the motions. Yeah, but, you know, he wasn't bad. That's the thing. You know, he kind of... No, he's never bad no. in a movie. And this was just... Yeah, Barbara Payton starred in this, as well as uh, Raymond Burr and Lon mm -hmm. Chaney. And um, Lon, is that him? Lon Chaney Jr.? He was in that Lon Chaney Jr., yeah. Yes. And he, oh my God, he drank like a... Oh, yeah. He was also... Yeah. So did Barbara Payton. There must have been some serious booze chugging yes. on the set of Bride of the Gorilla. Oh, yes. my God. Allegedly, uh, he and Barbara had a little fling-a-ding-ding while they were doing that movie. That's an allegedly. I heard that, too. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, they were both probably bombed out of their minds. <laughs> yes. She, she was just, I, she was something else, that woman. She is, uh, 
She was something else. And she wasn't untalented either because she they all played it straight, even though it was ridiculous. Yeah. And it was good. I enjoyed it. It's yeah, I do too. I enjoy that movie. And then there's a riff tracks version of it with um that's poking fun at it. But even so, it's it's an entertaining film. It is. And I think you guys could catch that on YouTube. You know, they have all these movies go up and then maybe they're up for six uh -huh. months or even just a month and then they go kaput. But you can check it out and you know, they might have Bride of the Gorilla. I have a feeling they probably I think they do. Yeah, they have more and more, more and more B movies, especially, and more obscure movies that are black and white are easier to find on YouTube these days. One Touch of Venus. I have to look that up. That was just on the other day. And he doesn't have a huge role, you said. Repeat for The Lost Honeymoon. Um, and One Touch of Venus, his name is Whitfield Savory. That's his character's name. Great character name. And he's, well, his, his role is not too minor in that. It's kind of a foursome. Um, he and another woman end up together. And then Ava Gardner and Robert Walker end up together. And that was the movie that which Mannequin was loosely based on. Wow. That's an interesting tidbit. I have never heard that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Because she's She's like she comes to life. Yes, 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 yes. Right. She comes to life. And it's it's a real, I like that because there's a couple. When she, I think she was a princess in a, in, oh no, oh, that was Hedy Lamar. I'm thinking of a different person. But um, that, that was a good movie. I enjoyed that one. And then there was Rita Hayworth in Down to Earth where she's a goddess that who comes to life, remember? And that's what Xanadu was based on. Yes. All these 80s movies were milking the old classics. But anyway, I think we're veering off topic. So do you want to talk about, um, should we go back to I Walked with a Zombie? Because yes. I don't think we really talked about that as like one of our favorite roles and why. I think that's when I really took big time notice of him because you know, he just seems so awful. It's it's also starring Francis D. And I don't know the brother's name. And the mother is played by Vincent Price's first wife. And uh, I can't think no. of her name. I like her. I can't think of her name. She was in another Val Luton. Um, but she played her own age. And Vincent was mad at her because she, she did movies. This is alleged why they got divorced. Because he admired that she didn't want to move, do movies and did stage roles. But come on, Jill. Come on now. Come on there, Vincent. He got married again, but they divorced and they call her the bird-like actress. But this movie is so good. She gets hired. She's, what's she, in Canada or something? I think so, but she she gets, it's actually, we should mention, this movie is lo loosely based on the novel Jane Eyre mm -hmm. by Scarlett Bronte, which is one of my favorite novels. And I think that's probably why. I liked the movie from the get-go. It is just good. He is haunted. He, you know, is she goes, Oh, she gets hired to go to the West Indies to look after this, yeah. this woman, this man's wife, who's basically become comatose and then was brought back by the, by the local witch doctors. And now she's just in this state where she's between sleeping or she's between death and living she's not alive but she's not dead hence yeah. she's a zombie uh so 
but of course she meets this man who's her husband on the boat. And now he is, of course, since it's a remake of Jane Eyre, he's playing the Byronic hero that Edward Rochester mm-hmm. uh, actually is in the novel. And um, he does a great job. I think he does a bang up job, job as a Byronic hero because the Byronic hero in literature, of course, is just someone who, like we said, is very haunted, kind of brooding, you know, had a trouble, a deeply troubled man. Who, um, may not be entirely pleasant on the surface, but right. it's because he has such trauma in, in his past. Yeah. So, um, yeah, his wife was having an affair with his brother. She was swearing. right. Um, that woman who played the wife. Wow. Right. She's tall. She is like a bona fide thing. She has a hollow eyes. And again, mm-hmm. we have- Christine Gordon is her name. I don't know. I've never seen her in anything else. No, she was so tall. And really, I, I, she was wonderful. Just she didn't have any lines, but the whole, you know, the whole, mm-hmm. she gave off that zombie vibe, but not really because she's not evil zombie person. She's just like a, you know, just kind of a there zombie person. So, um, Tom doesn't think she is a zombie. And then there's that doctor who played the man in The Leopard Man. He, he plays the doctor. And Teresa, our adorable, she was also in another one, um, The Cat People. What's her name? The cutie. Um, she, oh, sorry. Who? Um, oh, Teresa Harris. Yes. yes. I love Teresa Harris. She's amazing. Uh, somebody needs to do a biopic about this woman because she was in so many movies and she was so beautiful and she, she could really sing and was. she could dance. But half the time she just plays a maid and she's yeah. uncredited the other half. Well, people said she, when she was in Babyface that she was actually... Well, Barbara did treat her, even though she was like her maid when they moved on up and everything, that they were friends. You know, they came from that bonding thing. And, you know, she, right. she they loved each other. They were really true friends in that one. But this yeah. one, she's very adorable. And she befriends Betsy, who is the lovely, lovely Francis D. Um, and he is. He, he like on the boat, she's looking, going, oh, seeing the stars, how beautiful it is it is out there. And he says, it's not beautiful, you know, and he's talking about the dead bodies underneath. That's why it's glimmering. And she's thinking, she's thinking it's beautiful. She doesn't even say it out loud. And he says, it's not beautiful. You know? And she's like, how did you know what I was thinking? So that's how, you know, he's kind of almost has that other, other worldly, um, you know, ability to see into, uh, to read her thoughts or something. Yeah. And it was so, um, it was very sweet. And when she's talking to Wesley, who plays Tom's brother, um, he just kind of disparages Tom a little bit. And, you know, Tom loves his brother, regardless of, you know, what he did with his wife, because I don't believe he, he loved his wife anymore. And mm-hmm. um, but he was controlling and he, he wasn't going to let them leave together. He he said, you can't leave. So he was controlling. And that was pretty much his downfall of that but it's so sweet when you see how they come together how she helps him come out of himself to be who he is and not that he still doesn't have this tragic kind of thing about him but she helps him and it's really a good movie it's a love story yes it's um you know some horror in it with zombies but like don't get turned off by the title because that you know when i first read that title i'm like oh my goodness what about that big tall dude 
guitars on. Yeah. He's really creepy looking. He's amazing in the movie. I don't know where they found this actor. His eyes Darby are really Jones like that. Yeah. I was shocked to hear that, but he was really good too. He didn't have a, a word to say and he was really, really good. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they just believe that she, she sort of her spinal cord and everything burnt out because she had such a high fever. You know, that's like the logical, but Wesley buys more into that. She, and, and Wesley has like a, a bitter, uh, kind of hatred. You can kind of get it, you know, that he wouldn't let her go. And he wouldn't let uh, him go to leave the island. And he has that anger towards him from that. He has that anger towards him from the fact that she's ill. He blames his brother for everything, basically. And, um, you know, his brother loves him, regardless of what he did. You can see that he really loves Wesley, who is like sort of the ne'er-do-well brother. Mm -hmm. He drinks a lot. All this is sounding very familiar. <laughs> yes, I know. And it's so, uh, I love that movie. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's very good. It's one of my favorites. Um, I like it a lot. It would be in, definitely in one of my top, like, I don't know, 50 or 100 movies. It would definitely be there because I really like it. I can watch it more than once. And I find out different things. I see different things each time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fascinating movie. And I would also recommend if anybody hasn't seen The Seventh Victim, that's in my top 10. Me too. I love that movie. It's I think that's Kim Hunter's. I don't know if that's her first perform her first role. She probably it's I, her first film. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. It was. I know. And she Kim, was so young. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, ba- she was so good. Her she still had the baby face. She hadn't started mm-hmm. chain smoking yet. So she had that sweet voice. Because <laughs> later, if you hear later, it's sort of like, you know, not like that, but she her voice <laughs> is so sweet. And, you know, that smoking, that certainly lowers your voice. Also, Ward Cleaver, isn't his last name Ward in the movie? And he is, uh, he's in the movie as, like, one of the leading men. He was adorable, too, in his own way. I'm sorry, who? Um, the Beaver's father. What? What is his name? Oh, oh, right. Uh, Hugh Beaumont. Hugh Beaumont, which is surprising because he was also in one with um, maybe Black Dahlia or something. He was in another movie with Alan. Oh, and he was in. He was also in at Arkea with Kim Hunter, um, one of um, Robert Mitchum's first films, that noir called Betrayed. Did I? See That's. That? That's a really good movie, too. It's also, it has two different titles. One is I Married a Stranger, I think. Huh. Or When Strangers Marry. It's called When Strangers Marry, and it's also called Betrayed. I have it on DVD, and that's one of my favorite obscure RKO noirs. Um, and Kim Hunter is in that as well. So I would recommend that to people. But Tom, our man Tom, is not in it. So. I'd like to see that one. And um, she was adorable in this. And it's, you know, it's got some devil worship in it. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. And we were just saying how Jean Brooks, that wig, whoa, <laughs> right? That's horrific. 
The wig Jean Brooks. Uh, she Jean Brooks is very good in it, but she's just not right for the role. They they put her in this big fur coat and this dark wig, trying to make her look, you know, elegant and enigmatic. And really, she just looks like she's an, about a foot too short to play this woman who's supposed to be, you know, tall and dark and raven-haired and with pale, snowy skin. And, and you'll never forget her if you see her once. Right. That the kind of woman who's that gorgeous, you'd never forget her if you saw her once. It just doesn't quite work. But the acting is good and yeah. you just have to suspend your disbelief. She she's a very good morose person. <laughs> she does that really yeah. well. And um, uh, it's really a good movie. And Kim is wonderful in it. And it and of course, our Tom. And it is one of my favorite films as well. And that could be definitely. um I don't get bored with it. I was watching that before we did the show. just And I just watched it because it was on TCM the other day. So if you have TCM on demand, and generally you do if you have TCM, I believe you can catch it because it was just a couple days ago that it was on. And also, she's in a, a touch of Venus. You can catch that on on demand. But of course, I DVR'd it. But even though I have the Val Luton DVDs, I have no idea where they are because I had, I have like thousands, <laughs> so many DVDs. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we should get to the sad part. Mm-hmm. What the F happened to Tom? Uh, his later years were not, not very good. Um, he, I guess after Queenie divorced him in 1963, he was left virtually blind after a cataract surgery. So he's unable to work and he just descended into kind of an alcoholic abyss. And then then in 65, uh, to add insult to injury, I guess he was swindled out of his last $15,000 in a Mexican lumber deal scam. And that was it. He was penniless. So uh, somebody found out, poor Tom, this he said he made like a million and he had nothing, but, um, he was discovered at a flop house spending the night for two bucks a night, you know, like the Bowery, the homeless people, you can go into this kind of gross flea bag kind of joint. And that's where he was discovered. And people started sending donations and things like that. I don't know where it went, but he got ill again and he went to, oh, also Lou Ayers, Lou Ayers. Got him in a party right. and paid the rent. Who? That's really nice. That's a loyal friend. Well, he paid his, I guess Lou Ayers paid Tom's back rents, but he, you know, he still couldn't get out of the drinking and poverty cycle, apparently. Mm-mm. He had a girlfriend and doesn't say anything really about her. I think she was a younger girlfriend, I guess. And she, yeah, was, I she think- had to be a fellow alcoholic. And, um, he got very ill and he went into the hospital. I love this story. Why don't you tell it? Oh, that, yes. So Zsa, Zsa Gabor, of course, his brother, George's ex-wife, visited Tom in the hospital. And she gave him $200 and said, tip the nurses so they'll be nice to you. <laughs> and so Tom takes the money and runs. Yes. And he, goes, <laughs> <laughs> he headed to his girlfriend's apartment. And they partied down. Yep, and I guess uh, it wasn't that much longer that he died of cirrhosis of the liver at age 66. Was he 66? I thought he was younger than that. My goodness. Huh. Well, that's not that old. No, not not. 
Not that young, but not that old. Well, so IMDb, it says age 62 when he died. He was born 1904 yeah, well, in St. Petersburg. Because yeah, I did think it was younger than that. So it was either 62, 66, or 67. Oh, okay. So maybe my math was wrong because I'm the one that did that math that said he died at 66. No, that's what I read in the... I think that's what I read in the newspaper. So maybe they were wrong. Yeah, anyway, he seemed younger than that with with everything going okay, on. Okay, so his career. oh, because it's sixty-seven is sixty-two uh, because he it was April of sixty-seven and he was born in September. Oh, you're right. He was sixty-two. So either way, um, yeah, he didn't live much past sixty, did he? No, and his landlady said he never. He wasn't bitter. He never spoke unkindly about anyone not his brother not anyone and that he was just a really decent human being and because you're an alcoholic doesn't make you a bad person it's an illness but his inherent self was a good person which i think so too is the opposite of his brother because i true i'm sorry george sanders but you you know he wrote his i read his um memoir and he you know (laughs) i don't know I don't think he was innately a good person. I could be wrong. I never met him. Zsa Zsa loved him, but they divorced. And I don't know, maybe there's a really wonderful part of him that he only shows a few people. But I don't think in general he's nice to strangers or people like that. I can't see that happening, that he's kind or something like that. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, you know, there's all there's every every shade of gray in between a bad person and a good person right. so he was he was somewhere in between and i think that he was a decent person who got caught up in the hollywood ego and probably believed his own publicity and and um yeah i think that tom seemed like um you know apparently was was kind of the nicer one and like they said the nice george sanders the The nice nice george George. well yeah if people call you that behind your back then that's probably you know there's something to that yeah so i'm going with that but you know again i wish we knew more if anybody's listening and they have come across tom conway's private journal in an old thrift store or something please please reach out and let us know yeah i'd love to to know more about about this person Yeah, yeah you know i read this um I found this page and people were commenting on Tom and they were, there just maybe eight of them who wrote comments and they were like, I found my fellow Tom compadres, you know, and they're writing that he's a good actor, that we thought he was, mm-hmm. um, you know, just really good, that he was better looking than George, that he had a talent that people didn't appreciate. And they just, it's not a lot of us, but they're out there and I bet there's more than you know. I bet so, too. I think um, a lot of people just haven't really encountered him or his movies, because if you do, there's something very charming about him that draws you in. And and he, I think that he's relevant today. He, you know, a lot of those actors from the era, um, some transcend their time and some don't. I think that he's uh, there's something about him that's a little more cynical or a little little darker, like we said, a little more haunted. And maybe that uh, gives you something that transcends the era because you don't just seem like a an artificial, handsome actor with a grin plastered to your face. Right. Yeah. That people believe is swell. And, you know, I don't idolize anybody, you know, at all. I really don't. Uh, You know, it happened since I was a little kid or once I moved to New York, I definitely never did. 
And it's because I met so many people, you know, that you go, ew. You know, <laughs> I never asked anyone for an autograph or anything like that. But I've seen people who are famous and they're jerks. So, and they come off as real sweetie pies, but, um, and also been yeah. told that they're jerks. So I don't think Tom was a jerk. I don't think George was like the son of Satan. I think he had good qualities. I believe he loved his brother. He helped him get into the movies. But after that, it was sort of like, you know, they live their own life. They live a different life. So I don't know. Well, there's only so much you can help someone if they're determined to destroy their life with alcohol. And, you know, again, that's a disease. So, you know, it is a disease. So it's not so much blaming Tom because we don't even know all the details. But I mean, it's at a certain point, even today, even with all the help there is in the more understanding about alcoholics, even today, some people are kind of determined to go down that route and you can't seem to intervene and save them. So you just have to kind of let them go. Yes. It's very bad. It's very tragic. But that's what happened to Tom. And there were no um Either he wouldn't go into the early kind of Betty Ford Center. I mean, there wasn't the Betty Ford Center, but there were clinics. Definitely. Either he wouldn't go into them yeah. or he wouldn't go to them or they didn't we don't he know. Went to them because he was a B-movie yeah. actor. He wasn't one of the biggest stars <laughs> on the roster. You know, like, look at look at Spencer Tracy. Right. You know, he, he would get drunk and have bottles at a hotel and be in a bathtub that he had been in for a few days. So, you know... He did go get sober. He would have sober periods, but I don't think the studios helped him with that. I think he did it. Um, but with with Tom, I you know it's it's hard. And in that generation, every time you see movies, people are smoking or drinking or smoking and drinking. Everybody drank. Oh yeah. Oh, it was the he, Tom was not Tom Conway was not the only um, raging alcoholic in those days. I mean, two of my favorite actors, um, uh, William Holden and Dana Andrews, mm. they were those are both tragic stories. Dana did eventually get sober and he stayed that way. Um, William Holden never did. But these are these are really sad stories of men Very. who. And women like Veronica Lake who descended into alcoholism because you know what? It's, it's a tricky disease even today, but back then everyone drank, as you said, and smoked and lived that lifestyle. And also, you know, there were no, there was no therapy sessions, really. There were no antidepressants. There were no, you know, um, no, no medication of any kind or really help for someone who was suffering from depression or anxiety. Yeah, they just kind of throw you in a hospital, give you electric shock treatment, swell. Yeah, but, or you just yeah. you cope by drinking. Yes. That's how people coped back then. Yeah. Really sad. And, you know, like today with drug addiction, that's the same thing. I mean, you have to back off of people because they bring you down because of their toxicity. And you have to sort mm -hmm. of, even though you love the person, you have to back off, which is hard to do when you really love somebody, but. It is yeah. a must, a must to do. So, you know, yeah. I think George loved his brother a lot. And um, I just think maybe he was disgusted or something because he didn't know. It. And, and people didn't know. It was very sad. Oh, did you ever he listen to my Dana Andrews one? I talked to his biographer. It was a really good one. I love Dana. And I also love William Holden. And I'm going to be doing a show within the next couple of weeks about his final years. And do you know he worked for the CIA? No. Oh, interesting stuff. 
much. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear that episode. I'm going to have to go back and listen to your Dana episode. I might have heard it before, but you've intrigued me. I've got to listen to it again. He was wonderful, the biographer. I love the book. And I love Dana. I love the book, too. I read his book. Mm -hmm. Um, Great biography. Great journaling and, you know, letters from Dana himself. Yeah, the family gave it to him. Yeah. Really gives you an idea of the kind of person he was. It makes me like him even more. And I've also read some things that he said um, recently. I got my hands on some documents that are not, that have never been published about what Dana Andrews said about Ronald Reagan. (laughs) What did he say? Oh, some really good quotes. Um, he, He just said that he, um, He's very affable and very likable, and um, he uh, he. It was all phony, but it was done very well. And he would he was always into himself, and he would kiss ass anytime. But he did it in an affable way, which hence made him president. There's a quote yeah. I had this guy on who was um, he was best friends with Gregory Peck's son, um, and they met at Juilliard, and they became. Um, producing partners and he got to know Gregory and he got to know Marlon Brando very well his uh, ex-wife worked for him and he went out with Brando tons of times I mean I got to know Marlon Brando and I liked him I really I didn't care about Marlon Brando Mm -hmm. before but I liked him Mm -hmm. Gregory Peck he said Gregory was pretty much like you saw you know laid back just kind of like what you see is what you get uh-huh. He said the only time I heard him really go off was when he was watching, I don't know, maybe he was watching the inauguration of Ronald Reagan. And he's like cursing uh-huh. him out and saying, you know, he just loathed him. And he said if he was I... making movies and a big star, he'd never been president. You know. No. Yeah. Well, I'm working on an article about Ronald Reagan now and his and, and what a crap actor he was and how if he had been a better actor, uh, our world might be a brighter place today because I kind of blame Reagan as the root of all evil. But then we're getting into politics and probably veering off topic. But, you know, it really makes me like some of these actors even more when I read uh, their thoughts think, on yeah. Ronald Reagan <laughs> and how they didn't fall for it. They didn't fall for it. But a lot of people did. And I'm sure some uh, some of the listeners did. So, you know, I'm not disparaging. We're not disparaging. We are talking about other people talking about him. And, you know, personally, you know, I have my opinions about Ronald. And, um, you know, I kind of agree with the guys. But, you know, that was just me. And, you know. He wasn't he wasn't my kind of guy. I think he acted his way through it. And some people said at the end, because of his Alzheimer's, he thought he was in movies. You know, he thought this was a movie. And he had dementia, I think, earlier in his presidency than most people realized. Yes. He was hiding it. He was and, good at hiding it. And Nancy. Nancy was there 100%. I mean, she loved her man, and she protected him from a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah. And I, I love to hear his son talk. His son, I, I really would love to talk to Ronald Reagan Jr. Um, he is a very proud atheist. I saw him on, on YouTube doing some cheeseroni show, but he was talking about his atheism. And um, he's been critical of his father. He's not a he's not a big fan. No, and you know, nor was Patty. And, right, uh, and she didn't like her mother either. But I can see it, and they 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 felt blocked out I think he was closer to his mother than Patty was but um 
you know, they said they didn't have room for us. It was just about them all the time. And they really didn't have time or room for us as children. And, um, you know, they were what they were. And she was a terror. I saw her in one movie. Have you ever seen her in movies? Yes. I saw her in East Side, West Side. Did you see that one? She kind of had a big part in that one as uh, Barbara Stanwyck's best friend. Yes. And I remember her also from um, The Window. What's it called? Something with a little child actress. Yes. Yes. I don't know if it's The Window or whatever. She saw her in the hallway or the doorway or something. Yes. And she played, she was okay. You know, she didn't, you know, she was okay as the doctor. And this is FYI, we're not talking about, here we go, we're digressing, but Nancy Reagan was upset that they didn't want her to do cheesecake photos. She was not a cheesecake photo gal, you know, (laughs) let's face it. You know what? I, we're going to have to wrap this up because I'm, I can't contain my true feelings about Ronald and Nancy Reagan. So I just have nothing to say. Okay. So, um, our Tom. We both really th- uh, think you should check out some of his flicks and you can check on YouTube. And like I said, if you have TCM, you have TCM on demand. And I would think Touch of Venus is in there, which isn't, you know, a big thing for Tom, but he's in there. And The Seventh Victim, which he is wonderful and adorable, Dr. Judd. And also Cat People was on as well. So you can see our Dr. Judd. He's all over TCM. Good. Good. He is. He is this month. I was thrilled. And Miss Sloan, you are fab, delightfully delicious. And I think you are smart. And I love your books. And she did one we never talked about, the directors. So the essential directors. Yes. I'll have to come back on and we'll talk about the essential directors. Definitely. Because that was a very good book. And you really, she does so much research. She's such a really good writer. I'm going to just say that. And you are, you know, they're interesting as well, you know, so they're nice reads. They're not like, you know, documents, <laughs> you know, they're good reads. So definitely come back on and we'll talk about your essential directors. And thank you for being on today, talking about someone, be still our hearts. Um, the dreamy Tom, Tom Conway. Thank you, my dear. Thank you for having me. It was a delight. I'm so is. glad finally talked about Tom Conway. We've been planning this for like a year. Yeah, it was during the pandemic, I think. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. even longer we were talking about who we, because we did one on Gene Tierney, right? Was that, you yes. and I did. And we were going to do this one, but we finally got to it. So, and like she said, there's not a lot of info. If you have any, please let us know because we'd be thrilled. Definitely. We would. Okay, so thank you everybody for listening. And um, of course, Thanks to you, Sloan. Thank you, Grace. Okay, so bye, everybody. Thanks so much.